Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is the Thanksgiving uh, week. It is Thanksgiving uh, Monday. Uh, Is that a thing? uh, I'm sure it is. You know, it's funny because I had to go to Walmart today. And you know it's the holiday season. You, you, You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the holidays are in full swing. Not only because you hear Christmas music mixed in with the top 40 music, which is just beyond weird for me that's a that's a combo that sounds like it's just torture for me yeah but you know you know it's christmas when walmart breaks out the cardboard cut out of santa you, you know it's the truth you know you you know you're being thrust uh, thrust into the holiday season when the uh when the uh the cheap chinese emporium that is uh walmart thrusts out the fake santa don't even get me started on santa i got i got a whole rant on santa you got problems with santa i I got problems with santa but that's a whole different show maybe i'll did you not get what you wanted from the bass pro shop santa jacob (laughs) the bass pro shop okay the bass pro shop santa it's a mouthful uh did you ever see what they did last year for they had like santa's magical shield and you just you had to like wave at santa behind plate glass yeah because apparently the uh, magic of santa it does it stops with covid (laughs) no but like I just have this. I have this vision in my mind of like, it. It. it you. You have like this plate glass, this like, this Santa like in prison, six foot by six foot piece of glass, and the kids are waving, and I'm like, wow, it's like they're waving at Santa through prison, <laughs> prison plate glass. <laughs> What's that? Um, it's that. It's a line from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, that the only way I'll be able to see you guys is through plate glass. Well, if you tell the younger yeah, sibling, yes. the way you'll be able to see me is through plate glass. Yeah, that's the first thing that came She'll to blow mind. She'll my cover. And then it's just cringy, and I didn't like it. But I, look, I got a whole, I got issues with Santa. It was, it was completely weird because I'm walking in to go get one thing, and it's of course it's in the back of the store, so you got to walk, you know, across, yeah. you got to walk the country mile to go get whatever it is. And I think I hear an Ed Sheeran song. Then right after that, it's Nat Cole King. I'm like, wow, this is weird. Um, you go from complete garbage derivative trash to uh, an auditory musical legend. Um, and it's that, um, it's like, I think it's called The Christmas Song. It's you know, the, no, sorry, it's The Christmas Song. Whatever. The. And, uh, which, you know, here's the thing about Christmas music. I don't, uh, hate it. I don't dislike it. I'm kind of neutral on it. There are a handful of Christmas songs that I do like. Um, but after a while, once you've heard the same song by like 40 different people, it kind of loses its, its Pizzazz, Did I guess. you hear Beyonce's cover of that Christmas song from 50 years ago? Now, what I cannot stand is um, Mariah Carey's Christmas songs. They are so annoying. Oh, my gosh. They are so annoying. You, you know, I, I just don't <laughs> like her as a singer. I don't think she's all that talented. Like, I mean, no, no, no. She's, she's talented. Maybe but she's, she's talented. She's talented, but she annoys me. Kind of like how. But the, her um, vocal range is fake. That's not real. Let, uh, let, let's be honest. That is not real. Uh, uh, like. I mean, look, I'm not going to say that computers can't do some wonderful things with people's voices, but she's a talented singer. I'm not going to – I don't like – okay. There's I a, can't there's stand a, a difference music. between talent and you actually liking them. Like, okay, a case in point. Um, you could look at someone like uh, Les Claypool and been like, Les Claypool is a fantastic bass player. No denying it. But do I like his playing? Not particularly. Uh, yeah, I or that. you could have someone who's like, wow, Yngwie Malmström is a great guitar player. 
but do I like, but oh my gosh, if I hear him do one more sweet picking bar, it's going to, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. I think there's a difference there. I, I can understand that. It's like, you know, Michelangelo Badio, great guitar player. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's that great. <laughs> Being able to sw- look, doing the same sweet picking uh, uh, pattern for eight bars straight is not exactly a great guitar player make. Well, when you do it backwards, you put your hand uh, going down the uh, the fretboard instead of going going up the fretboard. Yeah, but ask but ask Michelangelo Bay to play a blues song or to play he a can, jazz no, song no, or here, to, to no, but play here's the thing, though. I to think... play a classic rock song. You have to write a, an interesting riff that's not just a thousand notes a second. Here's the thing, though. I think he has the talent and the ability um, to do that. I think he can play just about whatever he wants. Now he doesn't do that because that's not what he's known for, right? It's like it's like well, a, it's like asking Mario Andretti to go racing in a Prius, like that. You just you don't want to. I'm see not that. talking about him playing on a. But here's the difference, a... though. But here's the difference, though. Okay, you don't want to see Mario Andretti driving a Prius on the NASCAR track, wherever racing he did. I don't get it's the, the same reason why you don't want to see Michelangelo Badio play, you know. Uh, like Roy Orbison songs, it's just not him. Like you look at him, like yeah, this guy plays outrageous, I'm not fast, about, I'm not stupid to play metal. That. I'm saying okay, uh, most great guitar players who are like virtuosos, like Steve Vai, John Petrucci, uh, Eric Clapton, all of these guys who are virtuosos, right? Experts and masters of the craft. If you put a piece of jazz music in front of them, they're going to be able to play that jazz music. If you put a if you put a classic country song and they could understand and break down all the intricacies of a song or even an old pop song. Michael and Joe Bedia probably can't do that. I disagree with you. I, I just disagree. I, 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 he is a fantastic guitar player who just happens to play really bad music sometimes. <laughs> I don't hate Michael and Joe Bedia. Uh, I, 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 will, I, I will insert into the chat the, uh, the Nitro album. Uh, I think it's called NFT. No, no. OFT? It's out effing rages. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's O F oh no. O F R. Yeah, O F R. Yeah, that's a that's a I think it's for those of you who are listening this, go stop pause this pause this podcast, go look at the album cover and look at the haircuts. And listen to the song Freight Train. And listen to the song Freight Train and then come back and you'll understand what we're saying. Uh but on Santa, my my um Santa is just uh, one letter away from Satan, so that's my thoughts on 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 the jolly old saint. And um, as far as Christmas music goes, I've made it very clear. I'm kind of like you, neutral on it. Uh, but I don't go out of my way to, like, find it. There's only two songs that I really think that I um, will go out and actually look for. That is um, Prince's L- Another Lonely Christmas and probably the one that Paul McCartney did. I don't know what that- Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. That's probably one of the most universally hated songs. That's why I love it because because nobody likes. But what that about one. that uh, El- uh, Elton John song, "Step Into Christmas"? That's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I mean, I do have like uh, I I have um, Prince's "Pur," I would die for you single off a of "Purple Rain," which has the B side of an of that Christmas song, which is where I first heard it. And it's it's great. You go listen. Look, if you go listen to that Prince Christmas song, you'll not want to. You'll be like, "Wow, this is an actual artist who writes an original Christmas song, um, that's not cringy, and like Sam, you know, like having all these. Um, I'm not gonna sing it because I'll get copyrighted from this thing, but um, overtly joyful for no reason. It's actually it's actually kind of a sad song because it's a real. 
it's real emotion put into a song and it's real songwriting instead of just like Christmas song, uh, guitar and sleigh bells, go. <laughs> Sappy lyrics, four chords, go. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I guess I can see that. I just don't. I like the classic, like old school Christmas songs. I could not care less for the modern interpretations. But see, that's the thing is that most of them are just old Christmas songs that have just been modern interpretized. Everyone like everyone's like, have you heard the new Pentatonic song? Like, yes, they play I the like same. No, they play the same tracks that are 50 60 years old but they do it in a very cringy pretentious way i'm not interested yeah i when they came out with their song i forget what song it was i said i was i think i had the frank um uh what's his name um uh, not costanza um from uh sunny what's his name frank ongo um, gablogian yeah ongo i had a derivative <laughs> derivative uh boring whatever i, I just I, I i can i cannot listen to that kind of acapella uh, for any period of time, more than maybe half a song, because I it just it's so it's it's been done. This has been done before. Yeah, we don't need this. I feel that, and I can't really stand that Christmas Canon song by the Trans Trans Siberian Orchestra with the choir, the kids choir. I, I'm I, I'm tired of kids choirs. Okay, I'm tired of it. You know, it's 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 one thing in a, in a small setting like a, like at a church, whatever. That's one thing. That's fine. That's cool. Whatever. But stop it already. Okay, it, it, it's. Enough derivative. It's it's been it's been done. Well, you heard um, it here first, folks. Joe hates kids choirs. Yeah, I, I'm sure that'll be taken out of context. Joe hates kids. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the that's the title of the episode. Joe hates kids. <laughs> I don't hate. I, gosh, I don't hate kids. Um, I just don't like kids choirs because because when you have a kids choir, unless they know how to sing, it's annoying. Like it's man, is it bad? Um. Maybe that's just an unpopular opinion. I don't know. It is an unpopular opinion because everyone, Joe, everyone loves kids choirs. Okay, and the just, fact that I you don't, don't, I just don't know if I believe that. But anyway, um, we are on the the brink of Thanksgiving and the holiday travel, yeah. and you know the holiday season is officially kicked off with a starting pistol if you live in Atlanta because there was a shooting at the Hartsfield Jackson. Dang, uh, I heard about this. I didn't even know what to believe. Of. So apparently yeah. what happened was... Please, because it's so great. It's just an Atlanta it's, thing It's, it's such an Atlanta uh, thing to happen. So apparently um, the TSA was going through some guy's bag and they opened up the suitcase and there was laying in the bag a pistol. And I guess there was a fight over the gun. Maybe this is news to people. But crap, you- crap, crap, don't talk at that. Maybe this is news to people, but you can't bring guns on an airplane. I thought this was well established, but I guess— Can't you check a gun, though? Well, you, you have to do that before you go through the line no, of no, the TSA, no, no, what though. I'm saying is that— You, saying you that can't just you surprise can, that. No, I'm saying that you can declare a weapon, yes, and you can. you can check it through a bag once they verify that like it's not loaded and all that right. kind of stuff. Right, you can't, but you cannot just, Hey, look here! <laughs> I got me a Glock! You can't do that. What's that What's that um, scene from the Pink Panther, the Steve Martin one, where he has, like, grenades and, like, nunchucks and, like, oh, a yeah. mace? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, Swords. so they find the pistol, and I guess there was a struggle over the gun, and one round, as far as I know, was fired, and the T, uh, the FAA or whoever controls the, the, the TSA the airplanes in the sky grounded a bunch of flights oh um, interrupting thousands of people in their travels for the Thanksgiving holiday and you know on days like this I am thankful for the TSA <laughs> just kidding no um, but zoink. yeah <laughs> zoink zoink but yeah what a great way to start your holiday travel off with a bang is that <laughs> what, you... what I did there yeah. 
Um, but yeah. Is that what you're thankful for? (laughs) No. Um, but I just, I really hope that people go in and enjoy their Thanksgiving holiday. I am leaving tomorrow to go up early, uh, to the grandparents' house because I couldn't go over Labor Day because, you know, work and whatnot. People got to eat. Um, but yeah, it's been a couple extra days. We're going to have a grand old time. The whole family's getting together, and I hope everyone does the same with theirs. Even if you hate your family, go and go spend time with them because I've... nothing nothing solves family squabbles like eating a bunch of food. Let's be honest. And I, I know I, I see I go through the same thing every year. I prepare myself because I have made my feelings about football known, right? I don't like football. I think that's known. I think that, that's about as well known as people not being allowed to take guns on an airplane. Just, just being honest. Um, everybody knows this. Everybody knows this, and I have, a, I've had many discussions with people that are former coworkers about this. And I say football is the lamest sport. It is the most the uh, this derivative, is the derivative, just stupid sport. And like Joe, you're wrong. I said, I said no, I'm not. But anyway, um, so I, I know there's gonna be a lot of football watching because you know Thanksgiving, you you, you got to throw the the egg shaped thing um, for the celebrate eating a bunch of food and watching copious amounts of uh, hand egg ball but anyway so i prepare myself right so w- when you uh when you know you're going to go to a, a house and there's going to be family members there who may disagree with you politically or their their taste in movies or whatever is opposite yours prepare yourself to just endure it like i'm going to have to endure football now thankfully tuesday night and i think i believe friday night there's going to be a couple hockey games on so i'll be able to watch that you know what? There's plenty of TVs, and I've got my phone. I can, I can go away for a moment and do my thing. I don't, I don't have to, you know. But you know, all I'm saying is we're gonna be around family members that you may not always get along with, or you have disagreements with, or they want to watch that you don't want to watch. Um, prepare yourself to bring something to entertain yourself during the mix. Don't cause a fight. <laughs> don't cause a, a major See? ruckus. Uh, don't don't engage in hooliganism or anything of the sort just because you don't want to watch a particular sport. So that's what I do. And that's my uh, Joe's top tips for the holiday uh, weekend is be prepared just to deal with people that you don't want to sort of deal with. Uh, now, there's no, I, we don't have any of those kinds of squabbles in our family. We, don't, we get along famously. But I know there are people who, who have family members that, especially when the issue of politics comes up, and I know the Kyle Rittenhouse thing is going to be on everyone's mind, uh, at the dinner table, hopefully after it, once the tryptophan kicks in, and you know you're going off to the um, whatever, uh, because because you know politics never never comes up at Thanksgiving, right? So hopefully that maybe after you eat, so you're not throwing food at each other. Yeah. Nothing's worse than get hit in the eye with that uh, cranberry stuff. Just um, like take it take it out of the can first. That's that's all I yeah. Ask. Take if, it out of the if can you're first. Throw the cranberry sauce at me. Take it out of the can. Yeah. You know my uh, I've had a long. Uh, s- Along this is look. This goes back to the old school Standing Brothers uh, show back when we did, did that. Did, did the cringy um, video format. Um, I've long said <coughs> that uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas are all the same holiday because they revolve around two things: eating too much food and people you don't want coming to your front door. <laughs> well. But see, I just don't feel that way. Now about <laughs> Halloween, where we live, people don't trick or treat. Because but I'm saying is that like leave? Around. It's like people, the kids, are like leave me alone. It's ten o'clock at night. Go home. And the same with family members. Oh my gosh, will you please leave me alone? <laughs> I don't feel that way. I'm, it's a 
I, I know. It's I, it's the stereotype, the stereotypical uh, Thanksgiving is they have all these people over your house that you don't care about, you don't want to be with, you're just trying to survive the holidays. Just get through it. And of course, um, uh, was what was that? What was that Jim Gaffigan bit where it's like, uh, uh, on Thanksgiving we eat too much, and someone's like, wait, we do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I'm just overly uh, uh, enthralled. Um, what's another word? Um, overjoyed with the fact that we're getting into this time of year because I love this time of year. You know what was on last night uh, was uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation. The best. The best. I mean, I had I had my hot take on Friday about Christmas movies. Said I didn't listen and, to that part. Oh, oh, I said um, that a Jim Carrey's The Grinch is the most overrated Christmas movie of all time, hmm. um, and. Uh, Christmas Vacation is vastly superior in every single way, and okay. you and you can fight me on this one. I will, I will get my boxing gloves on, and I will meet you outside. I'll fight you over this because I'm not debating this. this okay, is not so, up for debate. Okay, so on the Jim Carrey's uh, Grinch, no contest. I, it's it's a whatever movie for me. I don't care if it's on. It's pass. It is a serviceable, passable film, but it's nothing special. Right. Christmas Vacation is is vastly superior now, what to about, every other Christmas movie. Now, what about like Christmas Story? No, it's vastly superior. No, but vastly okay, superior. okay. I, I agree with you; it's vastly superior. But where do these other movies fall in line? You know what? I got to do a tier list. I I, I got to get a whole tier list out, and we'll it will go through all of the Christmas movies, in my opinion, and I'll put that up. I, you know, I'll I'll make that, and I'll make it some kind of cringy. What's that Jimmy Stewart movie? Um. Um, White Christmas? Did. No, not okay. White Christmas. That's a great Christmas. It's a movie. classic. Uh, no, I'm talking about the Jimmy Stewart one where uh, he's the banker. Um, is the it Nightmare old... for Christmas? No, no, it's, no, it's an old black and white movie. It's a great movie. I, I, you, everyone talks about it every year. Oh, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, yeah. Where does that fall in line? That's a classic. The, look, there's some films that are pre like 1960 right mm -hmm. there are some of these black and white christmas films that exist in a different realm because they've they've stood the test of time right they they exist beyond um comparison to i think what is like die hard yes like die hard <laughs> like gremlins okay which is a perfect movie for christmas and halloween you can watch gremlins gremlins is a very underrated christmas film people are like oh it's this cheesy um spielberg um um you know, like kids horror movie. No, it's a fantastic film on Christmas. You watch it every day on Christmas, and yes, you can watch the "It's Always Sunny Philadelphia" Oof. special <laughs> and Festivus two days before. After the kids go to bed, you can watch the uh, "It's Always, it's always sunny. sunny in Philadelphia." You know, you know what I send to you that I we watch every year and then we send each other every year is when Robin Williams was on Craig Ferguson, just for the tweets and emails portion. Possibly, possibly the best. Uh, just little like. 10 or 15 minutes. It's the greatest moment in, in late, night, late night show history, yes. Yeah. Um, but look, lots of things to be thankful for this uh, Thanksgiving. I'm actually going to – I'm working on an on a article that I'm going to put out on Thanksgiving uh, so you guys can check that out. Uh, which, by the way, plug, shameless plug, if you're not subscribed to the Liberty Overdrive Substack, you can in the description. So do that now. Okay. All right. Um now that you're done with your shameless plugging, and but I think that I think that it's important, especially this year, uh, with everything that's gone on. I know last year was what important. to subscribe to your Substack. No, 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 to be thankful for things. Oh, to remember, yeah, to remember, I, I remember thought, what I you thought got. you were still trying to. Oh no, sell but your... also, <laughs> oh no, but also this year to subscribe to the Substack because you know this is the only place you you, you can get my writings for I am 
one almost a week of uh, off of social media uh i don't miss it uh, I, there's I, nothing I really, to miss. I really really don't the only time i kind of was curious about twitter was today jerome powell got oh papa j rome yeah papa j rome got um a second term or whatever he's gonna come back as as, as the fed chairman and, and i just want to see i want to see the parody account yeah because the the jerome look if you're on twitter um please go follow the, the jerome powell parody account because it is so <laughs> freaking good He's you, you so know, when great. i think of jerome powell i think of j-rock from uh trailer park boys you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying it's so stupid not money print to go bird now i'm saying so stupid. now i'm saying Oh, uh, my gosh. But anyway, uh, so, okay, let's get into the news. Now we've spent 20 minutes on just verbal nonsense. Um, <clears throat> so I- I'm sure by now all of you have heard that the Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted. He was found not guilty on all five charges um, for the murder, the attempted murder, the reckless endangerment, and whatever else they charged all him with. All five accounts. Uh, he was found not guilty on all of them. I watched the portion of the trial where he was found not guilty. I was kind of surprised that they were that the decision came back that fast on the fourth day. I thought they would drag us out into the evening, but yeah. they were done around lunchtime. And there was speculation going around that maybe it was one juror, the four person who was holding things up, and there's probably some good folk on the um, on the jury who said that we will not. Uh, find this guy guilty. We will sit here until the until the cows come home, if that's what they say in Wisconsin. Until the cheese goes bad, because um, <laughs> Wisconsin cheese. Until until the cheese goes bad, um, and we will not find this kid guilty. Um, you know, it, we, we're not going to let you hold this up. And so I think that one or two jurors were like, you know what, we're not going to sit here until the cheese goes bad because uh, you shouldn't do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's probably what happened. Maybe some people say it was a six-by-six six split. Who knows? I don't. That's not what I um, – <clears throat> what I heard – I mean, obviously all the jurors haven't spoken. But from what I heard is that uh, most of the jurors had their minds pretty well made up, uh, mostly, mostly through the trial, and that they had full intentions on, on acquitting him. And I think, I think you're right. There might have been one or two that was holding up the process. Right. Uh, but from – Everything that I've read and everything that I've heard is that the majority of them were going to acquit him because they saw the evidence. They saw the way that well, the, the evidence the way was the, just irrefutable. And uh, the way the trial defense. was structured, it wasn't structured around of he crossed state lines or he was brought enough brought, brought a gun brought to a, a gun fist to a fit. Yeah, it wasn't everybody the argument. takes a beating sometimes. The argument was that he was attacked. It was undeniable. Did he have the right to use the force to defend himself? That's the way the trial was structured. And I think that, you know, you have video evidence. It's so hard to finagle your way out of an argument like that when the trial is not structured around, um, you know, him crossing state lines. And since he was, the judge said he was lawfully able to carry a firearm and he was. Well, the law said that, not the judge. The law. What I'm saying is that, I'm saying that the judge set the standard that, and he threw out um, any sort of. um, precedent that he wasn't allowed to be there. He said no. For, well, yeah, he threw out the, the uh, yes the, he, um, for the trial charge. for the trial. He is allowed to be there. He's allowed to carry that gun. So you can't make the argument. Of, oh well, he um because I know I, I watched this thing that that's a Chris Cuomo did. And it was terrible. He said, well, the jury may find that he you know caused this situation because he was armed. Well, uh, you can't do that. You can't have that argument and be like. 
oh, he's legally able to carry this firearm. And be there at the same time. And be there at the same time. So you you can't say, oh, well, he was creating a bad situation by being there when he's legally allowed to do it. Um, But that's what I like to think happened, is that most of the jury was on board with the quitting him, and there was really only a matter of a couple. Or maybe it was a matter of just ironing out the details over the past couple days. Uh, but you know, yeah. So I watched it as well. I watched the the thing as well. So I, what what for me would have cemented in my mind the uh, the the not get guilty was the fact that um, in closing arguments, the fat boy, fat guy, uh, James Krause, who the assistant direct district attorney, had said that everybody takes a beating sometimes, and they belittle Kyle for shooting people instead of fist fighting with them. That's this. This is just not. How dumb do you think the jurors are? How dumb do you think people are? That's not how this works. You you don't lose your right to self defense because the the guy has a knife and you have a gun, or your gun is bigger than than Gage Grossquit's gun was. That, that, that that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. At close range, both of those guns are extremely deadly. Now it'd have been much worse if he had a shotgun. Good lord, Gage would not have a right arm. But still, though, it doesn't matter. Um, the fact that he said everyone takes a beating sometimes, so what? He was just supposed to let them take his gun and beat him with it or beat him over the head with a skateboard or allowed to, They should have let him be shot by Gage or they, he should have let uh, Joseph Rosenbaum rape him. Like, no, that's not how this works. Well, that's the same argument that they use whenever you have a um, duty to retreat law. He, it's like, he oh, well, you know, <laughs> what was funny is that the whole duty to retreat thing, right? Um, Kyle did run away from Joseph Rosenbaum, and in Leonard Skinner were, had always said, you know, give me three steps, but uh, he did more than give three steps back, and he was running away from Rosenbaum, who was trying to meet, who met him no, uh, who met him ill, um, the guy that has been convicted of a child rapist. So, um, you know, I, I have, I. I Kyle did nothing wrong here. The idea that some people, some libertarians I've seen, and I think Tom Woods had even said in, a, in the email that, you know, probably shouldn't have been there, doesn't matter. None of that matters. Cro- crossing state lines doesn't matter because you know who also shouldn't have been there? Everyone else. So unless you're willing to say no one else should have been there, then you can't say Kyle shouldn't have been there. Well, I mean, I think a fair position to have is what I had when this all first started is I said I said he shouldn't have been there. But he was, and he didn't do anything wrong. Right. As so, a result, that, so if you're gonna, I think that's a different. If you're gonna levy blame on anyone, it should be the Kenosha Police Department because they are the ones who stood back and let all this unfold because they didn't want to get in the mix of it with the rioters, looters, protesters. So when the cops stand down, either they're being told to or they don't want to get involved themselves, uh, there has to be someone that's gonna step in the gap and seize power and not let these people destroy the city for another night. Because because prior to this night when Kyle got involved, car lots were being destroyed. Nursing homes, schools were being a set ablaze. So someone's got to stop that. And if you're a little upset that it was a 17-year-old, well then, I'm sorry. There, there are people much younger than Kyle. Maybe not that much younger, but people younger than Kyle. They have fought in wars uh, across, the, across the world uh, over things way dumber than this so that to me is just is, is irrelevant the fact that he uh, shouldn't have been there doesn't matter well, it's, it's a irrelevant starter it's I a mean, non-starter i mean sure you can have that conversation of um because i mean i think anyone would agree that he good good better or best going there not really i want to say not even good um to go there but 
he went. And I'm not saying that like I'm not saying that he shouldn't have gone because it's fine if he wants to. I personally wouldn't have gone. Uh, just to, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I have to do something like that. That's just my own personal um, uh, opinion based on the circumstances of, of what was going on. But it, him going was completely fine. I, yeah. I don't I don't have an issue with him going. But you know, if if I were his 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 parent or guardian, or if I were him, I would be like, no, I don't want you going because I yeah I don't want you to. If, one, I don't want to want you to have to take someone's life if you need to, and I also don't want you to be hurt in the process. Right, I can understand that if, uh, so like, if I if it was if this was happening in Georgia, if they were trying to burn Atlanta down for the second time, um, whatever, I don't care about Atlanta. I don't go there. I don't live there. Whatever. But if they came to our town, it'd be a little different. Oh, this I mean... this is where I come to play with my things. You know, like in The Godfather when they attacked his house, The Godfather 2, like this is where my children play with their toys. It's like, no, uh, I wouldn't let that happen. Well, that's a different, that's, the, that's, you, that's, different. that's, you, that's you defending your neighborhood. Right. You defending Which is yours. what Kyle was doing because no. he worked in Kenosha. No, but, I, but, but let's, but let's I, think we've, I think that's been hashed enough. Uh, what I really want to spend some time on is the, the reaction to the not guilty uh, verdict from the jury was just, oh, it was so sweet. I I now know how Trump supporters felt when Donnie won in 2016. The biggest middle finger f u to the establishment, to the to the left, to the media, all of it when Trump won because he wasn't supposed to win because he was you know the closeted racist or whatever. We all remember what happened. Cheeto Nazi. Cheeto Nazi. We all remember what happened, and the fact that they are still tripping over themselves. In just the absolute nonsense, like, I, I, you, it's so clear to me why they did what they did and why they continue to do what they do as far as lying and defaming Kyle about how he's a white supremacist, he was a militia member, he was there to hunt protesters. Uh, there was people like Vosh, maybe it wasn't Vosh, but one of those guys that used to work for TYT, the Young Turks, um, said that he was out there trying to get a legal kill. <laughs> Um, I think even Slate had written something about how um, he, how the right was deputizing vigilantes. That's a, that's a, uh, the written house and the right strategy of deputizing uh, vigilantes. That's a headline from uh, from Slate, and it's on their major ju- website, and it's on their jurisprudence uh, section. So you know it's true. I, th- I think Kyle should sue all these people for defamation. I think he should too. And then you call a a, a a vigilante of uh, like a terrorist. I mean, gosh, I, I don't know. And then know. we have things like uh, what, like uh, old Bill de Blasio, who's trying to run for governor now, saying yeah, that this is disgusting that. verdict. We can't let this go. And then you have uh, little Jerry Nadler, little Jerry, <laughs> little Jerry Nadler, little who's, short. By Jerry. the way, his 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 pants are higher than Willie Nelson is. So whew. no one should be allowed to wear pants that no high. No one should be allowed public. to wear pants that high in public. I guess when you're old and fat like that, I guess I, that's what you have to do. I'm against gulags, but maybe in this I'll make it up. I'll make an exception. Yeah. It reminds me of when Larry King went to the um not Larry King, uh, Larry the cable guy went to the FBI training facility and he shot the guy in the simulator because he's wearing sweatpants <laughs> too high. <laughs> Can we get that for Jerry Nadler? Oh my God! But anyway, he said that he wants to have the J uh, Department of Justice look into uh, if this was a miscarriage of just 
miscarriage of uh, justice. So he, I don't know if he took to, I don't know if he's, if he can get his fat thumbs on his phone to type this on Twitter, or maybe he had uh, one of his aides do you it. You know these guys aren't running these Twitter accounts. That's why I'm making a joke. Uh, so his Twitter handle puts out, this heartbreaking burger is a miscarriage of justice and such a dangerous presence which justifies federal law review by the DOJ. Justice cannot tolerate armed persons crossing state lines. There. <laughs> You can't cross state lines. Looking for trouble while people engage in the First Amendment right to protest. First of all, uh, he never crossed state lines with the gun. The gun always was in Wisconsin and never went to Illinois. That? Yeah, it's, <laughs> he clarified it. He's like, even though the gun didn't cross state lines, you're missing the matter. point. You're missing the point. Um, but the fact that that these people are so. <clears throat> upset that they didn't get the verdict they want. This this just shows you yet again that they don't care a lick about justice or due process or the courts at all. Just like Gage Grossquitz, you know, long live the revolution kind of guy. Unless they get what they want, unless the mob gets what they want, they will railroad anyone to get what they want. The fact that he wants the feds to look into this matter is a complete miscarriage of power. Uh, first of all, it was settled in court, right? This was a legal process. He was found not guilty on the facts of the case. It's settled. It's done. It's over with. You cannot try him again for this. That's double jeopardy. Ain't a thing here in America, fortunately for now. Um, it's done. It's over with. And the reason why representatives like little Jerry Fatfinger Nat- Nattler do this, the reason why you have Bill de Blasio and all the folks at CNN and MSNBC MSN, LSD, whatever you want to call it, continue to spew the nonsense about how he was a racist. You hear Joy Reid saying how he was a white vigilante. The reason why they keep injecting race into this, the reason why from the very beginning they were so quick to rush to judgment, is because when they knew he would get off, they still want people to be PO'd about it, right? They still want, they were, they were plugging into the minds of all their listeners and watchers that this is uh that this was the case that he was this vigilante that he was was white knight uh who was putting up the the white supremacist okay sign or whatever um pre the way they prejudged it because they want to sue chaos because they want to question the justice system without really questioning the justice system right unless they get the verdict they want then everything is fine you know it, it, he 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 had his day in court or whatever but when when the moment they don't get what they want oh we got to tear it down I think it was, was it Colin Kaepernick? I can't remember exactly who, if it was him, but this is another example of how the system is rigged. Okay, show me where this, this system was rigged. I would love for you to show me where it was rigged. Now, um, Tucker Carlson said something about how, well, this is the system working, and I disagree with that uh, entirely because, no, this is not the system working. It, they got it right this one time, but the, but the, but the way that the prosecution conducting themselves the prosecution the missed a treatment by the prosecution was egregious and the from the the lawyers that i have been listening to over this all have said this kind of stuff happens all the time people get railroaded because they don't have the funds to pay for a legal team when they get convicted or they get accused of something like this so kyle is an exception exception because he had the crowd funding to get through this which i don't know if you saw that or not <clears throat> now they're fighting over the bail bond no 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 um GoFundMe has blocked all projects or GoFundMe um, campaigns to fund the his his legal bills. Yeah, 
think about that for a second. You have a company out there who is going to block a innocent man yeah. from his legal fees because it's it's um, it's not um, politically uh, um, convenient. But this or is expedient. what I'm talking about: is that the the main the corporate press sets the narrative that this yeah. kid is a racist, whatever, even though race had nothing to do at all with this. They set the narrative, and everyone acts on the narrative. And then when they don't get the verdict they want, everyone is so surprised. How could this be possible? How could we have this white vigilante, this racist, this uh, white guy who was there to interrupt a protest, who was looking for trouble, who crossed state lines with a firearm with the intention to hurt people? How could this have happened? It's because they know. People don't watch these trials. They don't take the time to look into it. All they do is watch the so-called legal expert who goes on MSNBC or CNN, who may have at one point been to law school, and he hasn't watched a trial either, and he gives his, he gives his or version. Or he does watch the trial, and yeah. he's completely ignoring the or, facts. Or maybe he's watching a different trial, or we don't even know it. But he comes on there and gives a summary of what didn't even happen in the courtroom. But then you have people like Riccada Law, Nick Riccada, who live-streamed every single minute of this trial, and you could watch it. And at any given time, there was five or ten other lawyers, some criminal defense lawyers, some not, who were giving their interpretation of what was going on. Because the, the way that these the courts do things is so convoluted and so weird. The processes and the terms and everything that they go through is just weird. But they're saying, based on the evidence, they don't have the, the prosecution doesn't have a case. But wait, when you watch MSNBC or CNN, it's like, well, the, the prosecution had a slam dunk today. But then you watch their, but then in the same moment, you watch the case explode in their face as Gage Grossquitz admits that he only that Kyle fired on him after he pointed his gun at him. The mainstream media or the corporate press won't report on that. They'll report that Gage had his hands up. They'll never say, oh, yeah, go a second beyond that. Oh, he pointed his gun at him. They won't tell you that. And so you have all these people freaking out on the TikTok and on the Instagrams and everything about how this was— Justice wasn't served. Justice wasn't served and how this is an example of the the system that was built and maintained for white people to get off on crimes. That you hear you have a guy who went into this town looking for a legal kill. You had people saying this. This guy went out yeah. looking for a legal kill. Well, and it's there's it's so far beyond. Uh, it, it's one of those things where I'm not even going to. There's people who who generally believe that that I that I know not personally, but I you know I've had have interactions with them where I've you know I have friends of them on social media who I don't even interact with them because. Uh, they fall into the smile and smile and walk away category of uh, Michael Malice's people. Um, you're doing so well. You're, yeah, yes, you're doing so great because you're they're so far in, um, entrenched into the into the mainstream media's not mainstream. Sorry, the corporate press is, is narrative um, that they could have watched this whole case and still not have their minds changed. Which is funny because there was a thing that that Tim Pool said. Uh, that he was noticing that a lot of lefties had to had to change their mind on Twitter and say, "Oh, well, I was wrong." You know, I I peddled this narrative and I watched the trial and I was wrong, and they got called out for it by other you know big blue checkmark net leftists on Twitter, and um, and they and they'd always respond back, "Well, did you watch the trial?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, well. Uh, what yeah. do you, what do you, you can't comment on something if you haven't even watched it or done any research or on think it. Be, or think before you tweet, because here, another example here, um, this Keith Boykin, I don't know who he is, 
Uh, he said, I knew it. Kyle Rittenhouse is proof that white people can still break the law, carry illegal weapons, shoot and kill people, and get away with it in America by shedding tears and claiming self-defense. Did you watch the trial? Did you watch the trial? Did you see how the prosecution had no argument when the judge asked them to read the entire a statute on the on on the uh, Ill- legality of the weapons charge. But see, no, but they see, didn't. But see, then they would go on to say, "Oh well, you're not allowed to carry that weapon." Period. It always falls back yeah. to you shouldn't be allowed to own. I do find it funny the argument um, that this system is uh, built for white people. And it, oh, it's, it's I, got, built, I got I got another tweet well, for well, you. It, that it's, it's built and that it's broken. Right? It's broken that that you'll never have you know real criminal justice and. and uh, and and I would definitely argue that there is need for criminal justice reform on many different, many different fronts. But uh, does anybody remember like the big trial um, over the summer, the most high profile trial this year so far? Chauvin, uh, Derek Chauvin. Uh, how did that one go? He's that guilty. one didn't really turn out too well for the white guy who killed somebody. Well, and, um, I don't think it was ever determined how George Floyd died. But he still got convicted. Right. He's still in prison. Did the system was it was it broken for Derek Sh- Derek Chauvin, or, or did it get it right? You can't really have it. You can't say the entire system is necessarily broken um, across the board, and then you have to be like, okay, well, did they get did they get Derek Chauvin's right? I would argue. I would argue the system is broken because he was convicted. No, what, what I'm saying is that no. I'm not making right. the argument. I'm saying they're saying this right, is broken yeah. and it's rigged for white people to break the law and kill people and get away with it. Okay, Derek Chauvin got convicted. Right. Many people say that he shouldn't have. I don't really think he should have for what he got convicted for. Am I sad about it? Not really because he's probably not a good dude. But you can't sit there and say it's broken and white people can do whatever they want. Derek Chauvin, in in every metric – of what of what your argument is should have walked out of that courtroom scot free and should have been like well just don't do it again little Derek oh you you little rascal you <laughs> I, I I honestly think that Derek Chauvin was sacrificed by the jury because they didn't want to see the city erupt again in more riots and protests and whatever. you know that that is a very real possibility I, that's I don't... what I was worried about with the Kyle Rittenhouse situation as well. The Kyle Rittenhouse situation would have been – I think there would have been protests if – I mean, like, there obviously was because yeah. he was innocent. There was, but it, it, nothing. It didn't boil over. Nothing like would have – the the whole – that's what I said um, whenever they announced they had a verdict and they were going to be delivering the verdict for Chauvin. I said that do not go out tonight. Yeah. Do not go to – if you're in a big city, stay home. And if you don't go out tonight, well, don't go out they, to they eat. Were organizing, they were organizing protests in Massachusetts. That's what I'm saying. Well, Why? Well, what I'm Why? saying is is if Chauvin would have been innocent. Oh, God. That That's why I said I said the I said the verdict's coming tonight. Don't go anywhere. Stay home, please. And that's what I did. I stayed home. I made sure that we were – I mean, obviously, we live pretty far away from a major city, but – uh, I still I wasn't taking any chances. Yeah. I didn't go anywhere. I came straight home from work that day, and I stayed home all night. I didn't go anywhere. Because you know, speaking about the media, I have this Malcolm X quote, which you know, I'm not a huge fan of Malcolm X, but you know, I think he was right in this. He said, "The media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and make the guilty innocent, and that's the power because they have control of the minds of the masses." Which is exactly true because you hear so many people saying, well, if Kyle were black, this would be a different conversation. And I love the meme where it's it's Batman slapping Robin 
And Robin saying, if Kyle were black, and Batman slaps and says, if Kyle were black, we'd feel the same way innocent of the charges because they were irrefutable video evidence. Yeah. If Kyle was black or if it, whatever, and he acted in self-defense, I would feel the same way. Now, you... there is there there are protesters or people outside of Kenosha. Uh, there was this picture of a black uh, uh, father and daughter who were carrying AR-15s for whatever reason. I don't have a problem with that. I have no problem with black people who who are on the side of Black Lives Matter or they're against what happened here, who are openly carrying AR-15s for whatever reason. I don't care. I don't yeah. care if, if Kyle was black. I would, I would feel the same way. Like I haven't watched the Ahmaud Arbery trial very much at all. But if the line was he was – these people were out to get him – and he was trying to take the gun away because they were trying to kill him. That'd be a different story, you know. Uh, there was there's so many times that um, not so many times, but there are many times when black people who get involved with uh, police who have to act in self defense because they're being aggressed upon by the police, which happens across all races. When they defend themselves, I don't have a problem with that, right? If if the if the Branch Davidians were all black and they decided to shoot back at the ATF and the FBI, I wouldn't have a problem with that. If Randy Weaver was black and he decided to shoot at the FBI and the marshals, I would have no problem with that. The, the race does not play – race is not an issue here. I do love that argument though just because they proposed it to Liberty Twitter. Um, before I got off of Twitter, um, I, I saw some of the tweets that were going around and they thought this was, this was like a big gotcha, right? Mm -hmm. They thought they're like, oh, well, you know, I think they tried to get it on uh, – I think they tried to – get this on um it was someone like uh, terrible i think um i think they try to get it on like a magnus pan video or someone who was like definitely pro everybody being armed and defending stuff against the state mm -hmm. and uh no it was shane hazel try to get it on shane hazel and he's like i don't care who you are i don't care what race creed uh, gender I, I don't care you, you you think this is a good argument this is a gotcha like like this would be like go on to Maj Ture and be like, oh, well, if only black, you would be mad if black people had guns. You know, if Kyle Rittenhouse was black, Hispanic, gay, I don't care. I feel the same exact way uh, on the situation. And, and, and it, it could have been it could have been him shooting three white people as, as Kyle did or him shooting um, a whole mix of races. I don't care. The fact of the matter is this had nothing to do with race. And the fact that they keep bringing this up shows they don't have – this is the last card they have to play. This is it. They have – look, look, we're playing Uno right now, and they're like, oh, I get all these draw fours. No, you don't, sucker. You got nothing on there. You This is this is your – you played this draw two, and you're like, oh, I got you. You you are done. That's it. The race card has been pulled. I, I, I still just – I mean, it isn't a surprise to me that they still keep using this this argument, but it's still baffling that people keep falling for it. I think that's what I'm more impressed with. Is that, you know, it was like, wow, you're falling for this one again? Dang, that's... You know what this also proves, though, too, is that the people that attacked Kyle are no longer victims. They are his assailants. Yeah. Um, now they, they were in the wrong. They... Now, of course, the families, I think, of Anthony Huber and maybe the girlfriend of Rosenbaum. I don't remember. The, the people that knew those people that died were there in the courtroom. Of course, they were upset because they didn't get the verdict they want because they think Kyle 
intentionally murdered them, which just isn't true. Again, if you've been watching the trial, um, I, do I feel bad that they lost a loved one? Eh, I guess a little bit, but at the same time, um, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should tell people that you love not to reach for the gun of someone you are chasing or hit them over the head with a skateboard. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. And the fact that you see the the guy that the the guy that played the green guy from Marvel, the big green guy. Uh, Hulk, I think his name uh, is Mark. Mark Ruffalo, I think. Whatever his name, his name is. Yeah, he had put something out there about how yeah, they attacked uh, um, Anthony Hubert and JoJo, referring to Joseph Rosenbaum, the guy that was convicted of a child rapist who raped children. There's five um, of them. Five, five boys. Or, or, or assaulted. He raped one and then like assaulted some other ones. And uh, yeah, JoJo. Yeah, the child rapist JoJo, That's... and how you feel so bad for them, and how. And how they're the victims. Yeah, you're going to take defense up for the child rapist? Whatever. I guess, I, I guess in their mind, uh, racism or perceived racism outweighs... Um, a child rapist? Child raping, I guess. I'm, that, yeah. That's, that's, I, I, that's another thing that I... That I I, I, they got they got one of these weirdos on Twitter to admit that, that they would stick up for a child, a convicted child rapist. Um, if the situation, if like all the arguments were true, they're like, yeah, I'll stick up for them. I mean, gosh, that you, you, you're that's, taking that bridge to, that's a bottom of the barrel. I was like, you're picking that one to sink on. Oh, okay. Okay. You, you bet on that horse. I'll oh, die okay. on that hill. Okay. <laughs> Knock yourselves out. Okay. Um, but yeah. And the, the people that are still calling Anthony Hubert, Joseph Rosenbaum, and Gage Grosquitz victims, uh, no longer victims. They were his assailants. They were in the wrong. Kyle was in the right. They can no longer be called victims anymore. And if you are if you are calling them a victim, then you – anyone that calls uh, the, those three people victims, you know which side of this they're on, and they're on the wrong side. Well, uh, well like, so one more thing about all that is – they got onto us for calling Kyle a hero, which uh, hero, whatever. It, it, I'm not. Look, I, I said that if you defend yourself against a, a child rapist from uh, attacking you, uh, you're a hero in my book. But nevertheless, you got onto us for calling him a hero and saying how this is the right hero and why this is a problem. These are your victims. Hmm. I'm, I'm throwing it right back to you guys. These are your victims, really. One These... guy was accused or was convicted of um, domestic violence I mean... against a woman. Oh, oh, okay. I'll take the hero, but you, I'll, I'll sit here and I'll defend why he's a hero. You gotta sit here and defend why. I should feel bad. I should for feel the child rapist. The, the, the child rapist. The only, the only sad part about about Rosamond this whole situation is that he didn't, um, he. Is that is that he died and he didn't live enough long long enough to suffer, um, living still. So I think that's the only well. He, uh, downside he died to how this. he lived, chasing a minor. Well, not just that, but okay, like if he goes back to prison, you know, it's gonna happen to to you know rapists usually don't or especially people who harm children don't uh, do well very well in prison because even like murderers uh, don't don't cross that line. Yeah, uh, when it comes prison to... has its own form of justice too. Yes, but I'm saying is that that's the downside of this whole situation is that Rosenbaum wasn't sent back to prison and uh, had to for had to face the um, prison justice. Who even serial killers uh, don't go there uh, when it comes to crime, like killing people. I'm down with that, but you know, harming <laughs> a kid. Sorry, buddy. That <laughs> took a really turn for the worst there. Um, 
But yeah, so I see that um, that Kyle's going to be on with Tucker. I have intentionally avoided any of the little um, like little sneak peeks they give out. The the only one I've seen they had like a ten second clip where he said like I'm not a racist. I support BLM. I support peaceful protesting. And I, the reason why I didn't watch that because a lot of the comments are from uh, like um, uh, libertarians and conservatives. It's like, oh man, how could you support Black Lives Matter? And it's like. Like this guy's politics are irrelevant in all of this. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. It really doesn't matter. He did the right. He did the right thing. But and then again, there was a lot of people who initially, right after the shooting, did support him because they found out that he was a thin blue line guy. Again, I really it's, don't it's care. Irrele- it's, irrelevant. it's irrelevant. I know that there was a couple uh, libertarians and a couple actually pretty pretty good ones. Uh, people that I follow, I think. Um, I'm not going to drop any names because that's not important. Um, but there's a couple of really good ones that I respect a lot who took that argument. I'm like, Ugh. and they got called out correctly for it. And I'm like, we're, I don't think anyone's defending his politics. I don't think anyone's. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think anyone was doing that. Because, um, yes, he was a thin blue line guy, which, you know, we can talk about um, the issues. Until the cheese with, goes bad. With that, until the cheese goes bad. But. When someone's in the right, I, I think that breaks the whole – I'm not saying that's saying they're equal, but they follow the same lines of, oh, well, if he was uh, black, then you wouldn't have supported him as well. Because it's an Yeah, it's an arbitrary um, stipulation about somebody who, you know, I, 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 it doesn't matter to me. Like, do I agree with the, with the thin blue line message? No, I don't. But if, if you – even if you had the most – the most blue-pilled conservative who is like a Mark Levin neocon guy who I would who I despise politically um, were to be in the same situation that Rittenhouse would I would still support defend him, him defend him on this on this this one issue that doesn't mean I have to even if even green light his or, the rest of his politics or if if, if it were Ben Shapiro or um, the guy that runs Turning Point um, Charlie Kirk Charlie Kirk if he was in the same situation I would come to his defense as well even though I want nothing really to do with Charlie Kirk I think he's kind of a I think he's a little bit of a grifter but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, I his politics and his background don't pay any. They're the, irrelevant. It's irrelevant, and so I'm looking forward to watching his um, interview tonight with Tucker because he was spotted at a restaurant in Florida because I guess Tucker lives and has a house in Florida, which you know, good for him. Um, but yeah, he was he was with the um, press secretary for DeSantis. That's who he was having lunch with, which you know, good for him. Um, but the the one thing that I also see people. Uh, criticizing this over is that he's going to be a spokesperson for every right-wing cause and that he will be have a free ride to all the CPAC stuff he wants to go to in NRA. And Kyle had uh, the one that a headline that I couldn't avoid that I saw is that Kyle thinks it's sick that people are using his situation to either call him a hero or use his situation to uh, boost their own cause. He's like, man, this is well, I was involved in a tragedy. Uh, and yeah. the, the people would use this to for gun rights or for anti or for the opposite of that. You know, it's takes away from what actually happened here. Um, I agree with that. But yeah, you know, I can't wait to watch that. I, I watched. I'll, I'll I'll watch a little bit of it tonight. I might record it and just watch it tomorrow. Um, I've got to set you record. I was going to do a live stream. That was the plan. Actually, was to do a live stream on that because I because those of you who know, I I recorded the episode on Friday, and um put it up early friday friday for the for the patreon listeners and i was gonna do something saturday because the 
literally, I record that episode, and two hours later, we have, we have a verdict. So I'm like, great, of course. Of course, the day that I can record an early podcast, um, the biggest news story drops. But I had a lot to talk about previously, so it actually worked out okay. I, I mean, I was going to do a live stream just because of just the emotion that I had uh, when I – because I, I got the notification on my phone that they reached a verdict, which I know when they – I kind of had a little bit of buffer zone because usually you get about half an hour once they announce it that they have a verdict until they actually come out and read it because they got to get they got to get the judge and they got to get the the audience and they the got to get the lawyers and they got to be the jury in so it takes 30, 40 minutes sometimes here a verdict in Chauvin's case it took like two hours it took a long we, we sat there yeah. waiting for a long time before we heard a verdict um, in Derek Chauvin's case but uh, you know watching them read off. The, the the accounts and uh the emotion that i was feeling and the emotion that he was feeling oh my heart rate was uh, racing. my heart rate was racing too because not just from the standpoint of you know self-defense rights going forward and how and how this will set precedent which i said before i said a lot is is writing because it's just a, such a nationally known case that this is going to be used um for other sort of uh, similar self-defense uh, situations in the future but you're talking about what the fate of a 18-year-old is going to be. Was well, he going to spend the rest of his life behind bars? Or I mean, even if he does, as I said, even if he's proven innocent, uh, he still has the mental um, scars and a PTSD forever that'll that'll never go away. It doesn't matter how much therapy you go through that you don't get to forget that. Um, but it, you know, I I think I was here at the lump of the house and I was watching it and. You could when they when they kept reading not guilty not guilty not guilty, about the fourth one I think it he like had a breakdown because I don't know if you saw it he collapsed mm-hmm. yeah. um, once they read the fifth one because I think that that was an entire lifetime of pressure and an entire uh, life basically lost uh, was relieved off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, to knowing that he was going to be a free man, knowing that he was going to it's the first step in getting his life back, together. a life back, and knowing that he was right, and that these twelve people agreed with him, that they made the right decision. Not gonna lie, I let a little tear out, um, just out of, out of happiness, um, just for, for as I said, not just for self defense rights going forward, because like I think that's a counter, or that's not counter, that's a a contributing factor to this whole thing, but just knowing that uh, a young man is not going to be behind bars um, unjustifiably, uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I think it's a beautiful thing that that the media was so wrong on yeah. this entire thing that they have to live with the fact that they tried to destroy a kid's life based on their own. Let's just be honest; it's their own self righteousness. Uh, it's, it's their own agenda that they have to push, uh, and they were wrong. And I think that, you know, uh, we so we make jokes about how you know he turns twenty one. He should never have, have to have have to buy a beer. Smith and Wesson will give him whatever he wants. I mean, that's joking, but like I'm I'm being for real. Like you're gonna destroy a kid's life. Don't don't be surprised when you see a Nicholas Sandman similar lawsuit coming in the future. Did you see the article that? Um that Nicholas Salmon and, and Kyle are going to uh, have agreed to 
to share custody of CNN. <laughs> yeah, saw that. It was a Babylon Bee. <laughs> but I'm serious. Don't be surprised whenever you see him come after. And I think he should. And if, Absolutely. if there's a way that I could. He should um, bury them. If there's a way that I could contribute, uh, I know that they're, uh, that GoFundMe took it down, but I don't know if anyone else is going to um, try to block it, which is absolutely re- – so the, the, the mask has already slipped on these people. But the fact that they're blocking people from a, a, a innocent man to pay back his legal fees because it's politically not expedient is so disgusting in my opinion. I think that uh, Michael Malice said, go, you know what, yourself. Uh, That was his response to that. Uh, I did see that pop up on an article, but it's just so disgusting. And if there's a way that I can get involved, there's a way that we can figure out how to, um, the show can promote that, we're going to do that. Um, If there's a a link for it, I'll drop it in the description. I'll update this description if I get something. I'll I'll go back and archive it. And then future ones and and future dates because, you know, didn't Sandman get like five hundred million? Like it's two hundred fifty million dollars. Ridiculous! Yeah. He's set for life. He's set for I don't life. Know how much that they actually get though? Do they but, get? I don't know how that works. But the, look, if even if you get half of that, yeah, after taxes, they're they're set for life. Well, yeah. Uh, he's look. Sandman does not have to work for them for the another day of his life. And that's the point too is that because he this thing has been so polarized and so sensationalized by the media. There's really no way he can ever hold a normal job because he will always be remembered yeah. as that. The only person that's ever gotten away with it was OJ, but OJ already had money before he the whole thing. So, well, I mean, if if Kyle wants to, he can become spoke. He can speak, and he I'm, I'm sure that someone will will value his his, his opinion. I'm sure he'll make. If, but the sense if, I, if he wants yeah. to, I'm sure he could make the Fox News rounds as like you know Sandman did, and as um, I'm trying to think of another guy who well, made these but rounds. But Sandman actually reached out to Kyle, and he was on Hannity, and he said, "If you want my advice, if you just want to talk, or if you want um, you know help, yeah. I'm here for you." Which coming from him, who's been through the ringer by the media, and if anyone knows, it's it's Nick. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was kind of nice, and it was kind of cool that Hannity had him on. Um, but the sense that I get from Kyle is that he just kind of just wants us to go away. Cause, he does because he's only eighteen. He's still he's still technically a teenager, because, or a young adult. Well, nobody wants uh, this to happen to them, and the fact that we can still continue on that, you know, his his innocence was was taken from him in more than different ways. He was, you know, tried for murder. Uh, he, had he had to defend his life. He had to, um, you know, the mental and PTS, PTSD scars. Uh, you know, he's done things that nobody should ever have to do. I, I said in my rant uh, two weeks ago about this. Uh, but his, his innocence was taken away. His privacy was taken away. Uh, he'll never be able to live his life normally again. And even if the media didn't care about this case, and even if he... Even if the trial was never publicized, it was never televised or whatever, uh, you still have the element of what taking a life does to you. And then on top of that, you know, you're you're called a terrorist. You're called a vigilante. You're called a white supremacist. And um, the fact that, that, that we know that the media is never going to correct themselves and say, oh, well, you know, technically we're going to have to uh, fact check that he's not a racist. Uh, so we were kind of wrong. No, it's not going to happen. So forever, forever that he lives, there will be a 
there will be millions of people that think that he went there bloodthirsty with the intent to kill protesters, and he can't do anything about that. And you have that on top of the fact that you have to live with these 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 mental scars forever. It just he just wants it all to go away. And whenever they said not guilty on that fifth count, I think he saw uh, at least part of that uh, go away. And that's why I think you saw the the breakout of emotion, the fact that he you know couldn't catch his breath. He if you he, he the the one sheriff um, see. the one person handed him a bottle of water and he's like can't even hold it still enough to to take a sip of it because he's just it's an entire flood of emotion and relief uh knowing that maybe a small part small part of his life uh can continue on normally again yeah. i wonder if it's too late for the prosecution to accept mistrial without prejudice i mean i, I mean <laughs> so they can try this again could you imagine that having to go through another two weeks of this or maybe no. three weeks they probably have to no. pick a new jury Oh yeah. Could you imagine another month of this? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, it all ended well in the end. Yep. I you know, looking back on it, I'm glad the judge did not throw the trial out because or throw the, the case out because if he had done that and with prejudice, then uh I think the situation would be I guess worse. I don't know how it could get any worse, but it could be a little bit worse because everyone would say that the only reason why he got out was because the judge was on his side. Yeah. Which which I mean, they're still be any worse, they're still though. saying that now. Yeah, I mean, they're still saying that the judge had it in for him. That the judge was always on his side. And the judge always wanted him to walk. So look, it it, it didn't it it didn't matter. Uh, it didn't matter the outcome. They always had their narrative, and they always will have their narrative. That was never going to change until he sues them into uh, submission. Well, which puts I him in that does a stone cold stunner on him, lash right off the top rope. <laughs> they lash right. Tombstone off the Tombstone top rope. pile driver off the hell in a cell. God, that would hurt for both of you. Your knees. Oh my gosh. Everything. You would have you would have no knees. They'd just be disintegrated. If you landed on your neck, you'd probably die from that height. If you landed on your knees, you would you shatter. Would, you wouldn't die, but you you would hurt. I don't know, man. If you look, if you did a tombstone pile driver off of a hell in a cell, which is like thirty feet up in the air, onto Let's a just concrete a, floor. A concrete floor. Your 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 knees are gone. You have no your legs. Your lower body's done. You have no more bones. Like it's just it's just dust. I'll grind your bones into bread. That's literally what's what's gonna happen to your to your 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 legs. They're they're gone. And then of course the person you're power driving, like, dude, like they're done. Yeah, like, they're done. There too. is there there is that is a sack of meat at that point. That, that's how the wrestler, consciousness has that's left how wrestlers them. should end their careers just just die <laughs> just die in this die in the fight oh no maybe maybe, maybe we shouldn't do that that'd be a little dark it's just like well it's like well the loser of this fight dies <laughs> all right and we're live here at the madison square garden where the loser of the hell in a cell match dies <laughs> But but you, you know how those the fights are predetermined. So who are they going to predetermine is going to die? I'm saying, I, 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 Vince is like, all right, Taker, all right, Taker, you're dying this match. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I didn't spend 25 years of this company just to die. And then and, and then what ends up happening is that whenever you try to flee and like run away because like this is crazy, they just shoot you. <laughs> Vince comes out with a with a gun. Vince comes out with a gun and just <laughs> shoots him. And they as just he's, as he's running away, just shoots him yeah, into the yeah. back. And the 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 with the the people inside just drag his body. Of course, away. the crowd's like, "Wow!" 
you know, you oh know, my gosh! You know what's sick about this? Some people probably would enjoy that sort of sort of thing. Um, that was in the pay per view. Put it on HBO. Uh, and then you can have like a little uh, side thing where you can donate to the to the family after the person dies, whatever. As long as they weren't uh, named Kyle R. Rittenhouse. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Anyway, all right, is that it? That's gonna be it, guys. That's the Thursday Thanksgiving episode. Um, anything, uh, Joe? Before we close, just like a few, a few, a few moments. What are you thankful for? Um, uh, what are some things that like that you look at and you're like, wow, this is because 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 this is the last episode, but probably until next week. So, right. Um, get, get our Thanksgiving. What are you thankful uh, for? I have a I have a good job. Okay, a good stable job that I I get to do what I enjoy. Even though sometimes it's a little crazy, but I do enjoy what I do. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, the family that we have. We have two very hardworking parents who uh, who have uh, given everything to us in so many different ways. That we have uh, grandparents who have done the same. Um, even though he drives me crazy sometimes, I'm thankful for our little brother Johnny and uh, and Jacob. I'm thankful for you. Um, uh, no, you know, we, we, on Thursday, um, uh, the or the uh, young adults pastor was, you know, do you ever just stop and think that, be thankful that you have a, a car that works or that you have a roof over your head or the fact that you have indoor plumbing or, um, you know, uh, stuff like that. Just the stuff that you just take for granted. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of take a moment, you take stock and, you know, you know you, it doesn't really matter how bleak your situation is. You know, you can still be thankful that you have this magical little device and that everyone has in their pocket, their smartphone, um, and stuff like that. Um, now, I don't. We're not going to get into my rants on smartphones, but um, that's, a, that's a different episode. That's 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 the episode we're going to be. At. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I'm thankful for. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Retweet. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. You know, I, I echo the same sentiments and I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna flesh this whole topic out on my sub stack for Thursday. But Are you, you gonna know, punt to this one? You're not gonna give an answer no, now? No, I'm giving okay. an answer. I'm just okay. saying it'll be a more in depth answer. Um on You're gonna take a knee on this one, Jake? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a knee on this one. I'm doing a Colin Kaepernick. I'm, I'm taking a knee on the national anthem for this one. No, honestly, uh, I can't you, you can't ask for a better family. You, you really can't ask for better friends. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dang. Oh, well, we're gonna get some hate mail for that. Um, I, I, I well, they, have well been, how would we know they don't listen? Yes, yeah, so no one listens to this this podcast. So I mean, it, what's that line from Major League when it, whenever he swears? It's like you you can't swear on the air. Oh, it's okay. No one's listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I have been blessed. Even though some days I didn't feel like I was blessed, I was, I've been blessed to work for a great company um, for the last eight years, and that chapter of my life is closed. And it ended uh, the way I exactly wanted it to end. Uh, no fanfare, no uh, great celebration, and I did post my final. Uh, we, we have this dumb communications page had. for that. Or had. I'm still on it. they got to take me out of it. But uh, 
we had this dumb communications page. It's it's like Facebook. Imagine Facebook, but for your workplace. Imagine how cancerous that would be. That's basically what this is. It's all work stuff. It's all work stuff. It's nothing fun. So I did post my farewell address in there, but I posted it in binary. So it's, have to find a it's way to like three it. paragraphs of just ones and zeros, which is great because um, if you didn't care about me, then you, you weren't going to like fake like it or weren't going to fake um, write something in the description. But if you did care about me, then you would have either laughed at it, loved it, or or um, liked it, or you would have commented down below if you actually well, cared about it. Well, first they'd have me. to tr find a way to translate it. So I'm saying, yeah, I made it because a lot of people when they leave at that place, it's like, oh, we're so sad to see you go. I'm like, no, you know, you're not. You you, the, you never talk to me. They, okay? they would go on this long soliloquy right out of something Shakespeare would write, and it's like, man, we maybe had one or two passing conversations of hi, hello. I've said and a total it. of three words to you yeah, my entire I life. I think it maybe have spoken a paragraph to you in so, the past four years so i did it in the most uh, jacob standards way possible i posted my entire five fellow address in binary uh so for those of you who actually cared uh to decipher it i know you actually care about me so that's how that's, I, I had a little bit of gatekeeping for my for my farewell address because uh not everybody uh is a uh, worthy of my farewell address to be uh, presented to them so easily um, I'm, I, I, but I am thankful for the job I've had. I'm thankful for the people I've met. I've met some of my best, longest-lasting friendships from uh, that company, which is awesome. And I'm thankful for, for, the, for the new chapter in my life. The new place I'm working is awesome. My first day was today. Uh, I had a great first day. I am uh, I'm ready for... In the high finance of things. Uh, yeah, you can you can say that. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm ready for a new chapter. I'm ready for the next step of my life. Um, I'm thankful for... Um, Thursday nights where I went to uh, the college and career at Rock Springs Church. Thankful for that. And even though with this new job, I'm not going to be able to attend that um, for at least the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, it is funny how uh, God works sometimes because uh, Thursdays closes and literally the next day, uh, my home church is starting up their college and career. So it's like, wow, I, I see you. I see. Ya. You know, there's a there's a um a Garth Brooks song like it's the best. Sometimes the best things are unanswered prayers. Yeah. So uh, I see you up there. <laughs> not not to um, name drop Garth Brooks or anything, but you know. Yeah. No. Let's just not. This is a this is a this is a this is a Christian podcast, Joe. Okay. <laughs> and we don't mention Garth Brooks. We don't mention Garth Brooks because this is a Christian. But podcast. we can talk about Elvis. Yes, because Elvis, Elvis, Elvis was a and, Christian. Uh, and, and your favorite, John Lennon. John Lennon was also a Christian. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. I'm sure he is. Burn in hell, loser. <laughs> Don't be mean to John Lennon. Listen, um, listen. The guy that the guy that put Yoko on the map deserves it, okay? I'm just going to be honest. Deserves it. But you got to admit, you love Strawberry Fields. No. Then you're just, It'd be then better you're if just Yoko ig- sang it. Then, you, then you're just ignorant, okay? You're just ignorant. Strawberry feels we, would be better if Yoko sang. That's that's, that's just not true. That's oh, you just, think she's not a good singer? That's just, that's just not true. I didn't say that. Just not true. Uh, no, I'm thankful for that. And um, I am um, just... Even though this year has been insane, and last year was insane too, uh, you know, there are just little moments of things you can be thankful for, like a roof of your head. Like the opportunity I have to play my guitar on Sundays, I love that. Gas in your car and gas in your my tires. car. I have a great, uh, pl- I have this platform, uh, even as small and as niche as it is, and uh, even the, the the few comments we get, I'm thankful for everyone who listens to this. Thankful for everybody 
who I know I say this all the time, but it, it really does uh, mean the absolute most to me. Whenever someone says, hey, Jacob, I don't really agree with everything you say, but thank you for introducing to me to this. Or, hey, I am really looking into this liberty thing more and more. Thank you for that. Um, I've gotten a few comments like that, and, man, that's that's what, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I, ne- I never get any comments. No one ever talks to me about Well, you're not on social media, so you didn't get comments when you're on social that's media. That's true, and it's pro- probably a good thing because I'm so bad at responding to that kind you of You just stuff. have, like, a thumbs up. Yeah, I, I just – I don't – Someone writes an entire two-paragraph thank you letter, and you're just, like, a thumbs up. Or okay. Okay. <laughs> I just I'm – not, I'm not good with responses sometimes. Or you write back thanks, but it's, like, uh, THX – Oh, I don't do that. Yeah. I, I I write out thank write the, you. Write the whole thing. Oh, but, so, did, oh but, so you don't write thank you don't write thanks. You write thank you. I'm starting to write thank you more oh. instead of just thanks. Oh, get a little get a little fancy here. Oh, a little fancy. Mm, I don't think I don't think writing the entire word out is all that highbrow. Oh, but Joe, considering that considering that that you're lucky to get back a thumbs up emoji from some kids these days, that's a little highbrow. You know what I do instead of actually. Because I hate emojis. What? Another thing I hate. I just write thumbs up emoji. That's what I do too. Yeah, isn't that great? I always I'll do that, or I'll write out crying laughing emoji. Because <laughs> um, so let's be honest, uh, no, grown men should not use emojis. Let's just be honest. Yeah, because they're, I, um, they're for uh, children and little girls. You know, I as 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 cheesy as corny as it sounds, uh, I'm thankful for uh, music, and I mean this in the most sincere way possible. Uh, that you can put on a record or an album and uh, just be transported away. And it it, 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 it help you just get get through the times, get through whatever you're in. Or it can amplify a moment of your life. Uh, like my, my last day that I was at my old uh, job, I played uh, the classic philosophy song. The classic philosophy song, You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones. And it perfectly emphasized yeah, that's cute, my... Man. Well, yes, of, of course it's of course it's a keys band, um, but it, it, it honestly music has been a lot for me, and uh, some of the books that I've also read this you year. You know, I feel that same way every time I listen to MacArthur Park. Shut up. Um, some of the books I've read this year have been amazing. Anarchist Handbook, so far my favorite book that I've read this year, um, but also A Dear Reader by Michael Malice was really good, and uh, I've also read. Um, Samuel Adams' biography. I'm, I'm almost done with uh, Yummy Parks. Uh, I think it's uh, A Will to Live. I forget. It's something like that. Or her story about to a To Live Will. Um, about, about her escape from North Korea. I just want to be Will. Okay, who can't sing that? You get copyright. You get copyright. Uh, but no, Sorry, seriously, Ramones. the books and the music that I have experienced this year. This was the first year I really did a deep dive into the Beatles, and I'm doing a deep dive into David Bowie because I've, I've always loved Bowie, but I've never really just, Bowie. like, taken the time to just listen to all of his great albums just over the course of a week or two. Yeah. Um, it's, see, David Bowie is so weird because you have the Ziggy Stardust, and then you have the Thin White Duke, which was when David Bowie got weird. I don't know if he was hitting the ass too oh, hard. He, was, he, he said that – so he, whenever he developed the Thin White Duke – he lived in L.A. and literally lived off of peppers, milk, and cocaine. Yeah. And that's how it developed. But Station to Station is such a weird record. Um, I've been listening to so a lot of – tunes on there. Oh, changes. it's a good yeah. – um, I've been listening to his last record, Black Star, which is uh, – gosh, it it's is blowing a, my mind, man. It is such – I'm not going to sound pretentious because I, 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 don't, I don't know enough about 
a music to really get deep into it, but it is such a haunting, depressing, beautiful record that if you listen to it with the context of knowing what was going on with his life, it is just it. I mean, it's a I hate to say masterpiece, but gosh, it is a, such a great musical experience. It's nothing that you're going to like just put put on in, in your car as you're driving and just kind of bop along to. Although there are some tracks that are like that, but it's, it's just more of an experience. It's more of just it's art. That's yeah. what it is. Um, I've been listening to I mean, I had I had, I had on Ziggy Stardust uh, today because gosh, which that now that's a masterpiece. That's the, the flawless album. Um, low. I'm listening to Low a lot of. Um, what about um? You have a favorite Bowie song? Or you're not there yet. You know I. <sighs> because mine's Rebel Rebel. I Life on Mars might be one of those um, that's my favorite, but I like I, I like just there's just different songs that he did that have different moods, kind of like the Beatles. Like I don't have a favorite Beatles song. It's just whatever I'm in the mood for. And then at that moment, that's a favorite Beatles song. Mine like, will always be Tomorrow Never Knows. Like for the longest time, I really loved Penny Lane. I really loved um, A Fool on the Hill, mm-hmm. and it. Now it's probably um, Tomorrow Never Knows. Seriously. Uh, that song is trippy and it feels like you're flying through space and it's amazing. But um, the the Beatles this year, I really sat down and listened to the complete discography. And, you know, I, I, I love Rush and Rush will be forever my favorite band. But Beatles is the greatest. I, I just I, I can't. I, I can't sit here um, after that just not a- a- acknowledge it because, gosh, uh, y- you the the Rush might be might be the only band that consistently put out good records for basically most of their career. Besides some of the '90s ones were kind of eh, and some of the early 2000s were kind of eh, but consistently from 1964 through the end of the band's career, just I mean nines and tens, all of them. It, it it's it's unheard of it's never been done before and it hasn't been done since uh you can just put on there's an argument for all the records post um rubber soul through um abbey road those are there's an argument for each of those records to be the, the greatest of all time that's kind of amazing that you can do that so um yeah i i just I, music this year has been so helpful and so inspired that I can't even think I've listened to a bunch of metal this year. I really haven't. Uh, and usually metal's my, my, my go-to. I've been slowly getting back into dream theory a little bit. I'm trying to work my way into listening to the new album because the new album, it was, it's kind of a, no. yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's an okay record. I give like a five out of 10. It's okay. Um, it's a safe, record. it's a safe. Okay. Record. But, you know, I haven't. Metal is usually my go-to genre most years. I am waiting for my Spotify Wrapped. Maybe I'll post that on my Substack. Just That'd be fun. Maybe, and and you'll get yours too. So maybe we can post both of ours. Maybe I can tell you right now it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of Beatles. It's gonna be the top. The Beatles with the top, and then yeah. Bowie might be second or third, and then uh, a lot of uh, I listened to a lot of Dropkick Murphys this year. Yeah, too. you mentioned books, and I had taken a deep dive into a lot of science fiction this year too as a way to escape from all the nonsense we've been dealing with with um the covid and everything's been going on with big tech and everything and every science fiction story that i read from jules verne or philip k dick uh, i see the the future that they were predicting and i all see it coming true 
Yeah, you don't want those to be uh, coming true. So, like, the, recently there's a, a show on Amazon Prime called Electric Dreams, which is an adaptation of his short stories into TV. And there was one about a post-apocalyptic uh, world where uh, the entire world was destroyed by uh, a nuclear war. Of course, this was written, like, in the late 60s, so it's that Cold War era. And um, the only thing that survived was a small group of people and this factory that was completely autonomous that just kept making stuff and how the factory was defending itself and taking over the world uh, because, you know, they had to produce things because that's their job. And it's like, man, you see the way that these companies are, are going with drones and automation and stuff. Like, man, are we going to be in the future if the factories take over? Because well, they have to have because they have to have consumers. Well, and Jules Verne wrote those back in the turn of the century. Well, this is Phil K. Dick. This was written, oh, okay, this was written like okay. in the '60s, and um, you watch his show, that Man in the High Castle, or you read his uh, some of his short stories about uh, like the father thing. That was the, I mean, you talk about a weird story. Um, there was another one where uh, this guy, they're living in the future, and he uh, he commutes from, like, Jupiter or Saturn back to Earth, and the entire way home, he's just constantly bombarded with advertisements, and even on Earth, they have robots that follow um, people around with advertisements, and they're, they eventually get kidnapped by a robot who's trying to sell them something, and he's talking to his wife, the character is, like, don't you want to live on this other planet uh, in the galaxy away where they... Uh, live basically in the 20th century and she's like what you want to live in a period with gas cars and pollution <laughs> and the internet and and it's like man will we ever get to a point where we where we long for the days of back when we lived in a time where we had gas cars and stuff like that and so it's just a it's just funny kind of how those things work yeah funny thing to think about uh and i mean a lot of those stories uh, they're they're fascinating and they they stretch the mind. Uh, there was this one story I remember reading back in uh, um, English. I went to it was in college, and it was talking about I think it was called a pail of air, and it talked about um, an event that caused the sun to go out, and it got so cold on Earth that the uh, the oxygen uh, if if if, if Gas oxygen gets so cold, it mixes with the atmosphere, it'll actually snow oxygen. And you'll have, like, it'll be snow, but instead of water, it'll be oxygen. That's heavy. And they tell the story about someone who goes out into the, they're living all underground. Uh, um, they're living on, like, a geothermal, basically, to stay alive. And they walk out on the surface of the earth in these special suits so they can survive the cold weather. And they get a scoop of this oxygen snow. They bring it back inside and put it on a fire to melt the the snow to breathe hmm. and it's like wow because the, i mean that's possible it's possible to to for 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 oxygen to get that cold real it'll condense and, and snow basically oxygen um but then you're like hmm if the sun were to ever you know go out or it were to you know we'd have a, a permanent or a rotation or something bad would have happened to the uh, to the to you know warmth on earth would that happen makes you think yeah and also um i finished star trek the next generation just a couple days ago how was that that is probably by far probably i don't know but i haven't watched much of the original series or some of the other shows but i've watched a lot of star trek in the movies possibly the greatest work that they have ever done is in that in that um Universe in that franchise, franchise? Yeah. Uh, is absolutely fantastic. Now, the first season, yes, it's a little weird and it's a little quirky, and it's you can tell it's low budget. But once you get into the second and then through the, the rest of the seven seasons, it's just a masterpiece. 
absolute masterpiece. And you can tell some of the other shows that, that they they had the lightning in the bottle with that show, and they kind of used it all on that show, and the other ones were just kind of like the, yeah. the remnants of what's left over. Uh, but yeah, it was maybe, fantastic. Maybe they set, because they set the bar so high. And that they used, like you said, lightning in the bottle, and that that show was just so good it was never be topped. There's, yeah. just, there's nothing. It's kind of like um, when it's kind of like Star Wars, man. You know, you had the first three that were so good, and then after that, they're just they're just so good that how do you top? Yeah. You know, how do you? Well, see, it's that a, it's the everything same thing. that comes after that will always be compared to yeah. to well, next generation. Well, it's like it's the same thing with the Marvel movies too, right? Captain America was a great film. Uh, the first Iron Man, great film. But because they made so many of them so fast, by the time we got to Endgame, it's just like, I'm so done with these characters yeah, well, that's and, this, on that. and this whole thing. And it's the same thing with Star Wars, right? You got a Star Wars every year. It's like, I, I'm done. I'm done with this. I've had enough. Enough Star Wars. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with all... I have no... There's there's no desire. The only one... I've said this before. The only one I'm looking forward to seeing is Guardians of the Galaxy, only because I love the characters and I'm attached to the characters. But um, even there, I'm just... Uh, I'm going just to... Just because I, I just... I love yeah. the cast of... Because how long there. do we have to wait from um, episode four to episode five? Is it like three uh, years? Three... What, in 79, the first Star Wars came out, and then Empire Strikes Back was 82, 83, I think. 81, 82. So, like, two wait, or three on, years? I'll tell you right now. So, you, you wait two or three years to go from the best Star Wars, the first one, to, you know, Empire Strikes Back... And you know it's a three-year gap. That's that's a significant amount of time between 19, 1980. So it came out. No, sorry, the first Star Wars one was 1977. Yeah, so three so, years. Yeah, three years. But then you go from you know, what was it? Um, not the Rise of Skywalker. What was the one before it? The uh, Last Jedi. The yeah, The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker was like a year, and it just it, you don't have time to process the movie because there's so much other stuff that goes in between. Um, but yeah. Whatever. All right, we've gone overtime. But this is the last episode before the that's before true the holidays. That's so, true, um, guys. Let us know what what you're thankful for. Are you thankful for music? Are you thankful for family and friends? And are you thankful for community? Are you thankful for this podcast? Because if you are, you God know, bless you. Y- y- yeah, man, you're. Look, if you're thankful for this podcast, you must really just have low expectations of everything you're thankful for because, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you liked what you heard, you can support the show. Five bucks a month gets you a day early access to every single episode. That's pretty cool. You also can get a t-shirt at the Teespring store. I'm going to start working on some new designs soon. So I'm going to do a little uh, Liberty Overdrive. Uh, action there with with some of that design so you can get a cool sticker or you can get a liberty overdrive shirt um which once <laughs> you spoiled it oh, once, i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry once i get the the pod the the live streams up unrolling once i get some better internet we're gonna call it liberty overdrive live or just lol for short <laughs> hey did you watch that lol last night <laughs> yeah so um that way it's not taken too seriously the name you kinda, the name gives you a hint how the content is it's just a major joke exactly and if you t-shirts yes um all of my writings i write ex- i write exclusively at the liberty overdrive uh substack you can um subscribe that i'm trying to put something out every single day on there i did one on uh, jerome powell being uh, uh taken back as the fed chairman 
So I'm trying to do something. The up the schedule for that so far is really tentative. So I'm trying to do something every single day, and then trying to do a big article at least um, every other week is kind of the timeline for that. So yeah. Anything else? I mean, I mean, you can follow us on Twitter, but we're not on Twitter, so yeah, I'm taking that off today. Um, and then the show's email is show at gmail.com. Send us all your comments, concerns, criticisms. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be it, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This will be the last show for the week. We'll see you guys on next Monday, and that might be the only show. Monday show might be the only one before we get back from Orlando. So I might try to do something cool or I might write or do something to fill in the gaps. My sub stack, you'll have my full thoughts on anything that happens there. And then we'll expound upon that on the podcast. So anything else, Joe? That's it. Bye. Thank you.